You're listening to the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Also, be sure to check out Play Callers. New episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Hello and welcome to the Tiger's Den Episode 4. We got an amazing one coming your way with headlines galore happening this weekend. From top teams almost being upset as big favorites some MLB playoff race drama, and analyzing some NFL and college teams that might be on the come-up or the decline. We're so blessed to be making these episodes weekly and hope you enjoy this one. Take them away, Reese. This is the Weekend Rundown. Uh, hey, guys. I uh, hope you guys are having a blessed day today. Um, I'm going to get us started with some high school football. Uh, number three, Thompson. Um Beat Spain Park fifty-five to fourteen. No surprise that happened. We picked that on uh, countdown actually, and um, I think we all said Thompson. Maybe Max. Did. Yeah. No, I, I said Thompson. I tried to throw the fans off a little bit, but I said yeah. Thompson. No, yeah. You tried to say it was going to be close, but that <laughs> was never. Yeah. That game was. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. And then Max, didn't you tell me earlier that Foley uh, defeated? Who did they defeat, Max? So Baker actually beat Foley uh, at Foley, but it was a really good game, fifty-one to forty-four, and it was really interesting because there's two uh, Auburn recruits, both wide receivers, Bryce, yeah, Perry and Perry Thompson, and it was I heard they both played great, and also Marcus Davis, the Auburn wide receivers coach, was there, yeah, as well as what I've heard. And then I know also on Countdown we picked Hoover and Vestavia Hills, and uh, I don't know why. Oh. I don't know why was Hoover? I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Reese. Twenty-six to seven is uh, outrageous. Reese with another L sports take per usual. <laughs> All right, buddy. So is uh, so is okay. Hoover officially done this year? Or are they like out of it? Yeah, I would say so. I would say okay. Forty-six to seven against Vestavia Hills is uh, yeah, yeah. I would say isn't that their third loss of the year already? Yep, one and three, and <laughs> it doesn't get easier. They play Hewitt next week. Yeah, just a, just a terrible, terrible <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But uh no, and then we also saw we also saw Auburn defeat Jag forty six to zero. Uh, what a win for our. Hey, if you want to learn more about that game, check out Play Callers coming out on Tuesday. All right, yes, all right, buddy. Where we talked with one of the coaches. His ads over here. Um. Anyways, let's get into some college football. So this week we had a weaker schedule, a week three schedule that is not was not as good as week two. Um. But, you know, let's get started with some conference action. You got Penn State at Illinois. You think this game would be close, but Penn I State. Did Penn State I did not either. I don't think anyone Reese thought that, Reese. That's another yeah, L sports. I think that was just you, Reese. I Reese a lot of people did. Um, but, you know, yeah, Penn State beat them 30-13. to 13. Now, a game that a lot of people didn't think was going to be close was Florida State at Boston College. So, bro, bro Boston College's quarterback balled out. Yeah, but I think I think the main reason this happened was because Florida State came in there just Thomas, way too is that Yeah, Thomas Castel, Castellanos, I think it is. Bro, he needs to jump He's from trip, UCF. Did He's a former Gaston recruit. Did any of you watch that game? Do you see how many fans were in the stands? Like I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Yeah, it was like a poverty. Holy Cross. No, when they played Holy Cross week two, Boston College had like barely any fans, and Holy Cross had like, I think, Holy Cross had, I think it was about, might have been like 5,000 fans there. Yeah. And they were like, after halftime, or after the. All of Holy Cross's fans made the trip. 
Yeah, after the rain delay, um, they were like chanting or they were booing Boston College coming out of the locker room. Dang, at that's tough. And it, it was crazy. But um, also we get SEC play started. You know, LSU and Mississippi State, I actually thought this game could have been. A, I'll say I, I did too. I a did very too. close game. But I think it turned. I think we saw that Mississippi State's probably going to be either last or second to last in the SEC West this year. Honestly, did you see that Jaden Daniels threw for eighty-eight point three percent completion percentage? Yeah, that's like you can't allow a quarterback to throw that good, especially yeah. in the SEC. Mississippi State I mean, is Jaden Daniels, so yeah. Well, still though, like Florida State didn't even allow him to throw that throw that well. But look, thir- thirty for thirty-four, uh, three hundred sixty-one passing yards and two touchdowns. Also, fifteen carries for. I'm not gonna lie, coming into the season, he was my Heisman favorite, but yeah, yeah. So, well, and I mean, then, hey, he gets to win it. There's a better, there was a better non-conference game on Saturday. Uh, Minnesota played UNC, which, I mean, for a little bit, it was a decent game, but Drake May, Drake May was able to, um, to get out of that one with a win. So UNC stays undefeated, but I'm pretty sure their schedule gets tougher from here. Uh, I think they play, I don't think they play uh, anybody next week. I think it's like, I think they play. They play at Pitt. At so. Pitt. That that could be a tough one just because Pitt randomly plays well. Pitt lost to West Virginia. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Pitt like, randomly plays Max, well. Stop acting like these games are going to be close. They're not going to be close. Hey, for example, what about Open Like a Central? You kind of glossed over that. It was kind of close, right? Twenty-four to fourteen. Oh God. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> hey, that's what I'm saying. So. Yeah, but um, no, North Carolina does have a few ranked opponents on their schedule. Like I think they played Duke and Notre Dame. And I think they play. They might play um, Florida State as well. They also play three and zero Syracuse. Okay. <laughs> hey man, the three and zero. Somebody did that today. And- who have they played, Max? Who has Syracuse played? Who has Syracuse? Uh, let's see. Um, Western Michigan. Played- who is that? <laughs> they have played the tough teams: Colgate, Western Michigan, and Purdue. Yeah. Hey, they won yeah. at Purdue thirty-five. Beat Colgate by six. Just like. Uh, Lusa County playing nobodies. <laughs> yeah. How much did you beat Lusa County by? That's what we're going to see with UNC Syracuse. Is Colgate even Division One in football? They are, but that, very low FCS. They might be named after a toothpaste brand. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, also in the SEC as well, South Carolina played at number one Georgia. A, I know Good game. A, lot of, a lot of people on game day were saying they were like, oh yeah, Georgia's gonna blow out South Carolina. And I I told y'all last week, I said, oh, South Carolina might be able to sneak one out against Georgia. I thought that was gonna happen, but then South Carolina sucks. But it didn't. But it didn't. <laughs> yeah, it didn't yeah. happen. It sucks. And then um a team to watch out for is Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah. I know they played Tulsa. I know they played Tulsa. But this is not the first time they've scored 60-plus points against the team this year. Yeah. Play since I mean, their wide receiver core is insane. Wait, isn't the Red River Showdown next week? No. No. It's in – it's like week six or seven. It's like week – It's it. It's hey, uh, Oklahoma week Cincinnati might be a little close. That's all I'm going to say. It's at Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Yeah, that, no, that's yeah, where it will it make it a little close. close. I know their yeah. fans do show out. So, yeah, that's yeah. that will be close. That's actually a game but, that will be close. Not like Max's North Carolina-Syracuse. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey. And then 
Um, so I feel bad for Michigan State. Uh, Mill Tucker, we know he got suspended. We talked about it last week on last week's episode. But um, Washington was up, like I think it was thirty-five to zero at half, and uh, Michigan State's fans uh, proceeded to leave at halftime. Stadium was empty. I'm not surprised. Stadium was empty at yeah. the end of the game. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, or actually, I think it was empty by. So, or, so did they fire Mel Tucker yet? Or is no, he just he's still suspended. suspended but I would. Yeah, they need say, to fire. They they're gonna fire him. I would say I would love to see Michigan State and Northwestern deuce it out because both of these teams are gonna probably. It's gonna be that, that game's gonna be three to one. Yeah, so. <laughs> you can't even score one. Point. Yeah, and then a game. I mean, I don't think Taylor was surprised by this, but I kind of was surprised by this. Florida upsets Tennessee in the swamp. Chomp, chomp, baby. Taylor, you still pick Tennessee. You know that, by the way. I picked Tennessee because I didn't want to be wrong. But he did did say. He did say say it could be close. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. And then a game we all thought was going to be a blowout turned out to be an overtime thriller. Uh, Colorado barely beat Colorado. Hey, they still won. On UFC. Colorado's overrated. They still won. On UFC fight night, um, both teams decided to throw at least 55-plus punches. Um, hey, it was entertaining. Yeah, That's, it was, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It was so entertaining. Travis Hunter. Like, I'm going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I went to bed at half. <laughs> I was not like, no, I went to bed. I went to bed like after uh, when it went into overtime. I was like, uh, I'm not watching the rest of this. Game. Yeah, I tried to watch it through overtime, then I fell asleep. But I didn't go to bed on. That's purpose. the problem with Pac-12 games, bro. They play. I know. Just late night, nine thirty. I'm off. glad that the Oregon game is the Oregon game is um like at two thirty. Yeah, at least it's a two thirty, two thirty kickoff game. Um, but no. Um, now we're gonna head to the MLB. Where today the Orioles and Rays, who both were playing each other, and um, they both made the uh, playoffs. They both clinched a playoff spot. This is the first time since 2016 that the Orioles have made a playoff spot, and the Rays. It'll be Rutschman, bro. Oh, bro. I. Other than the Braves, the Orioles. I kind of want them to, kind of want them to go far in the playoffs, especially how young they are. They yeah, they do. They deserve to make the playoffs after everything. I think we could see a Orioles Braves uh like playoff matchup, World Series matchup for years to come. Yeah, if the Braves didn't stop freaking losing, then maybe that would happen. Dude, Reese, they're they're already the one seed. They don't care. Yeah, they're no, not they're the not, one. I don't think they're playing their starters either. So they're not. No, they're not the one seed yet. Dude, they're gonna they really be, won though. the division. Yeah, they won just because they won the division doesn't mean they're the one seed yet. All right, they're gonna be the one seed if they win. They're still hungover from. Who else is going to get the one seed, huh? The Dodgers. Who else? The Dodgers can. The Dodgers are six games behind them, or five and a half games behind them. And how many games are left in the MLB season? Like thirteen. Exactly. It's not going to happen, Reese. It's not going to happen. What else you got? um, But no, the Rays. They, we've seen them in the playoffs a few years. Like actually, I think it's been three years in a row that they've made the playoffs. But I don't know. Maybe they can make a run. I don't know. They always suck in the playoffs, so they always make it to the playoffs as like the either the number one seed or the number two seed, and then they always figure out. Oh shoot! The Dodgers are only four and a half behind. Yep. Yeah. If the the Braves just need to sweep the Phillies this uh this week. Yeah, that won't be too hard. Yeah, but um, I want to go back to Georgia. Um, actually, mm-hmm. now I think Georgia might lose like two games, three games. Bro, what, no. 
Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, what is this? Reese's hold, hottest hold take? Hold on. I'll look. I'll look. Who do they look. lose to? I'm going to look at their schedule. There's they lose possibility. To at Auburn. If Peyton Thorne. No. <laughs> no. She's not lose at Auburn. <laughs> they, they might lose at against Ole Miss or something. Yeah, that might play? be the only one. Do they play Ole Miss? Yes, at home. Oh, well. Yeah. Maybe. They're not losing to Tennessee, they're, they're actually, that's for sure. They actually have a really lucky schedule because they do play Florida, Missouri, and Ole Miss all back-to-back, three-game slate, but they're all at home. So. What? Yeah, Florida's at the neutral site, though. Well, yeah, yeah. Neutral site, but where at? Mercedes-Benz? No, it's in Jacksonville. No, Jacksonville. If, the- if, if they're going to lose a game, that's the one they lose. If the- but I don't see Florida? Them. Just because it's rivalry and it's, you know – Neutral site, but it's also in Jacksonville, so basically Florida. If they would have played Missouri. No, if they would have played Missouri at um at Missouri, they would lose. No, they won it, bro. Yes, they would. Okay, Missouri's whatever. good. Speaking of Missouri, let's get into how their like two hundred fifty pound kicker kicks a sixty one yard field goal for the win against. I saw that. I watched it live. And that was crazy for everybody listening. Somehow they're not ranked. Yeah. That- Honestly, I would have I would have ranked Missouri had to have been ranked over Florida. They I don't understand why they're not. That's me neither. I mean, some people the coaches poll had Clemson in the rankings over. I mean that even made that makes sense because they were right outside of the rankings and they didn't move at all. Who they- and Florida wasn't even in the receiving vote section. Who has Clemson beat in the past two weeks? They barely they looked pathetic against Charleston Southern in the first no they didn't bro in the first they quarter, in the first half they did in the first half and then but FAU they did actually play pretty well yeah no Clemson should have been ranked and that should have been made FSU Clemson a you know ranked ranked versus ranked game but they I, I that game the spread the spreads actually FSU by one yeah like yeah exact one and a half so yeah no the the, what time is that game? Is that night? Eleven. That's eleven. 11. That's eleven. It was eleven, bro. We need to watch that. It was know, gonna be. Gonna no, be it was gonna other... be a night game yeah. until Clemson proceeded to get blown out by Duke. Yeah. All right. Anything else uh, happened this weekend? Reed? Uh, no. Other than that, that's it. Um, but thanks for listening to Weekend Rundown. Who is this week's MMVP? All right, well, now we're going to move into the MMVP segment. And this Max's week's most MVP, valuable player. Yes, Max's most valuable player. Um, and I'm not going to lie, um, I kind of did my – I kind of got all my information a little early, earlier than I needed to, but it was because I was going to – I had dinner, like, before doing this. So uh, I got DeAndre Swift oh, God. As, my, uh, as my MMVP. But I want to give a shout-out to Puka Nakua. Who I saw, he's the he broke, he smashed the record for most receptions in first two games. He had twenty five over the past two weeks, but uh, he's the back. He's like wide receiver one now that Cooper Cup's out for the Rams right now. But uh, he smashed the record. It was nineteen. Now it's twenty five because that's what he set it at. And uh, just wanted to give a shout out to him. But let's talk about DeAndre Swift, number zero, uh, the running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is his fourth year in the league. And just the just the absolute switch, you know, from week one to week two. Now, obviously, it's because Kenneth Wayne Gainwell was out. But week one, he had one carry for three rushing yards and one reception for no receiving yards and no touchdowns against Patriots. Basically, a non-factor. But then against the Vikings on Thursday night football, 
He carried. He had 28 carries for 175 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, as well as three catches for six receiving yards. So, and 175 rushing yards is also a career high for Smith. But I mainly want to focus on how much of a bat a bounce back story that this could be for DeAndre Swift, because a lot of people thought he was washed after that trade to the Eagles. They thought, you know, because he's coming in as an RB2 behind Kenneth Gainwell. But just his storyline, going back to when he was drafted in 2020 with the 35th overall pick by the Lions, a lot of people thought he was going to be like their franchise back. And he looked like it during his first season until he got injured. And um, he kept getting injuries over the last three seasons. But he got the start tonight because Kenneth Gainwell was injured. And, yeah, I just – I look forward to seeing Swift as possibly – the uh, running back one for the Eagles in the future. And, yeah, I think – what do you all think about DeAndre Swift this year? Could he be the next big running back for the Eagles? I mean, honestly, in college, like, he was insane. Like, I knew he was going to be something special in the NFL. And, like, his first years on the Lions, like, I thought he was going to be something special. And, like you said, he got traded to the Eagles, and I was like, oh, he's behind Kenneth Gainwell. Like, who is Yeah, Yeah, there was definitely an opportunity there. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, props to him for breaking out. You know, he's been underrated this year, but he broke out against the Vikings, which I'm not gonna lie, the Vikings <laughs> run defense is really bad. Yeah, um, the Vikings sure. are just really bad this year, except for Justin Jefferson. But you look at you look at Smith's career stats, which is something I've always been impressed with is his uh, run, like his amount of yards per carry average. In that game, he had 6.3 yards per carry. But you look through his career. His career average for yards per carry is 4.7. And he's never had a year where his yards per carry average has been under four. So, I mean, he just serves as almost to me the perfect replacement for uh, Miles Sanders, who's now with the Panthers. Um, But, you know, I look at that trade as well because I was watching the NFL draft and I saw the trade and the the actual trade that happened was the Philadelphia Eagles sent their 219th pick in this year's draft as well as a 2025 fifth-round pick to Detroit in exchange for, obviously, Swift and a 249th pick in this year's 2023 NFL Draft. That's such a steal. Yeah, I know. Honestly, it was such a steal for the Eagles. And it adds also to their, you know, like, Georgia Bulldogs core of players because they drafted – I think they drafted, like, three or four. Yeah, they uh, have Jordan Davis. In that draft. I know know that. So, I mean, you know, shout-out to Swift. I think he can be – a great replacement, like I said, to Miles Sanders. And if he keeps this production going, I mean, this Eagles team could be scary, especially if Hurts figures it out. Yeah, you know, like the first week, I really thought the Patriots – the Patriots, I do think, I do think will be a sneaky team. And I think they really proved that – As they're losing 17-3 to to the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the Dolphins are good this year. I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 yeah, Taylor, the Dolphins are good. Um, But anyways, like I was saying – um, I just think the Patriots were able to stop Swift that first game. But if you look at it, like, you know, week one, um, we play a lot of fantasy. Um, and week one, he got – DeAndre Swift got zero fantasy points. Yeah. And then this week, he goes from zero to 27 and gets a, a bunch of touchdowns. And he's on everyone's bench. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think in our league, he wasn't even on a team. But, no um, – I do think Swift this year. I think that he is a. There's a possibility he's a sneak, like a sneaky running back for like maybe. I don't know if it's like offensive player of the year he could win, 
He, he could definitely make a Pro Bowl, I think. Not Offensive Player of the Year for sure, but yeah, but definitely a Pro Bowl. I think the one the one running back though, he's he might be behind. Um, I, I know he's behind McCaffrey for sure. Oh, he's he's. I'm not saying he's top five. That's not what this segment was supposed to be. I'm just saying, yeah, his his like literal, you know, just comeback story. Like he he could yeah. possibly be comeback player of the year because a lot of people counted him out, after, especially after he was exchanged basically for. Uh, 2025 fifth round pick is what he was exchanged for. I didn't so, think I didn't think that he was bad on the Lions either. I thought he was a great running back. I thought, like Taylor said, I thought he was a good running back coming out of college and everything. I was like, oh yeah, the the NFL. Yeah, no, he he was just he was. Uh, what I was trying to say by that point was a lot of people thought that he hasn't reached his production value of what the Lions initially thought. You know that he was going to be. Yeah. And, um. I'm just saying that this proves that he's still got it. And he's only 24. So, I mean, if he's able to become the Eagles running back one this year, he could definitely become, like, their go-to uh, starting running back for years to come. So, yeah. But that's going to do it for the MMVP segment. Uh, up next, Taylor, I think I I think oh. I smell something. I think it needs to be thrown away. Yeah, I think the trash is kind of filling up right now. I, th- I think I need to go take it out real quick. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> Straight from the garbage disposal, this is Taylor's Trash Can. I don't even remember who I talked about last week. Yeah, they were just so bad. I think it was Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, it was the Bengals, yeah. It was the Bengals. All right, so NFL, you know, this team Uh produces a lot of NFL. Um, (laughs) Every single team on a starting lineup, you probably see about five people from this university. Um, And that is the... University of Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh no! Going into Uh-oh. USF in Tampa, no, we Florida. We don't hear this a lot. How are you going to schedule a recruitment visit to the city of Tampa? That's what this was. Yeah, they, it was a recruitment visit to all the schools in Tampa because it's a big city, of course. And they beat that USF team seventeen to three. Hasn't been ranked since twenty eighteen in any sport, and they have they had the eightieth ranked recruiting class this past year. Jesus. Like, no shade to the defense at all. I'm not trying to say they're, like, the defense played great, only allowing three points, and the USF offense to only 87 passing yards and 107 rushing yards. But I'm mainly talking about this offense. Uh, first off, they didn't start Jalen Milrow because he had an awful performance against Texas with two forced throws leading to interceptions, like stupid throws. And you bring in Tyler Buckner – a three-star transfer from Notre Dame that I've never heard of before this. And he went five for 14, and he was pulled from the game in the (laughs) beginning of the third quarter. Nick Saban went into halftime. He said, you're done, bud. (laughs) You're not starting on my team ever again. And they brought in Ty Simpson, who is a true five-star and was ranked number 29 in the 2022 recruiting class and was the fourth-best quarterback. And he only went five for nine with 73 yards. He played a little bit better, but he still played awful. Like, the quarterback situation at Alabama right now is completely awful. It's complete garbage, like the segment ensues. But Bama <laughs> has always been, like, this powerhouse team that is yep. always ranked number one <laughs> or somewhere in the top five. You know? Yeah. They started out the season. I think I think they started out at number four, and they moved up to number three, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But – and then they almost lose to USF. <laughs> Dude, USF, I couldn't even name what their mascot is. 
And I don't. I couldn't name you a single person that has come out of USF that is decent at football. Did you know they have the worst defense in Division One? Exactly, yeah. bro. Exactly. And, and this and game la- literally could have gone USF's way if they would have scored a touchdown. Yep. Like if they yeah, would have la- put a drive together, USF could have easily won this game. Alabama's yeah. defense saved out. Bama is awful this year, and they play a 15th-ranked Ole Miss team led by Jackson Dart, of course, who is 100 times better than USF. And I think this could be literally a retirement home for Nick Saban. Nick Saban's going to go to the retirement home after this season because Alabama sucks. Their quarterbacks suck. Their recruiting class is not as good as it usually is. It's probably still top 10 somewhere, but it's not the top like we always see. I just think Alabama's the, the dynasty's over. I, I think it's completely mm-hmm. over. I think it started last year when they didn't make the playoff. But, I mean, I think it might be time to bring in the fourth string, whose name is Dylan Longergan, who is a four-star recruit from this past class. Time to learn Chinese, buddy. <laughs> also, there is no way that Alabama should still be ranked 13. Yeah, no. <laughs> there is no way that Alabama should – they should have moved down at least out of top 15. That's Here, all Here's say. the thing, though. It's still kind of kind of a big deal that they're not in the top 10 because this is the first time they've been out of the top 10. Speaking of dominance, they haven't been out of the top 10 since 2015. Whoa. So, I mean, you talk about dynasty – Falling in a big way. Hey, all I'm going to say is I don't know how you have this much depth and power. You have four quarterbacks who are all highly recruited out of high school. You have so many different running backs that got carries. You got so many good players on your team. Defensive linemen, linebackers, cornerback. We could name it all from Alabama. I mean, you see it in the NFL right now mm-hmm. with Jalen Waddle and Tua Tungavailoa starting for the Dolphins. But I just don't understand. I think the dynasty's dead. I think Alabama just needs to be thrown away. I think you need to ball them up, ball them up into a little ball, and just chuck them <laughs> into the basketball trash can to my right right here. And, I mean, what do you all think about Alabama right now? So I got a question, got a question for both of you all. Like, just yeah. real quick question. Do you think this is a four or five loss season for Alabama? I, I don't know about four let, or five losses. Let me look at their schedule real quick. Hold up. Let me, let me get in the office and look at their schedule. Very tough schedule. They so, got – at home against Ole Miss, which we'll talk about, I'm sure later, later uh, during Prize Picks. But I mean, that's a tough. That's not a guarantee. And we were talking about it earlier. If Ole Miss is going to beat them, this is the year. At I would say is, LSU is a tough game too. Yeah, no, I think right now I have LSU beating them in Bryant Denny. I'm not going to lie. Like I don't I have Tennessee LSU's beating them though. No, yeah, no, he's overrated. I think I you can think- make an argument. I mean, we'll like it's the last game of the season, but I think you can make an argument that Alabama and Auburn will be a really close game. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could. You know what? You said three or four. Yeah, so four, 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 five. That's I can't, see, I can't see five, but I can see four with losses to Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn. I see, I'm not gonna lie. I see five with losses. No, I'm joking. I see five with losses to Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Um, A&M? Yeah, maybe Arkansas. Texas ain't it. Bro, what are you talking <laughs> that about? That is why. Hey, Reese, no, 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 they're bad. Reese, they're not this bad. is why your they're sports takes are so bad. This is why people laugh A&M. at you when we come it's back to school A&M. and they listen to this podcast and they laugh at you for your sports takes. <laughs> hey, see, they, hey, they might here. even put the Chattanooga. Reese, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm here, joking. Your, 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 your time for speaking is over for right now. No, I think, I think it would be Ole Miss. Um and then LSU. All right, we're gonna cut Reese off right here. Yeah, uh, I have I have one quick thing to say. So so Alabama has been so good. Like I said, they haven't been out of the top ten since uh, 2015. But I want to harp real quick on how bad USF is. 
Last year, you speak about terrible defense. They allowed 40-plus points in every game except three last year. That's and they great. just and they just held Alabama to 17. That's so let's let's keep going. They were one in 11 last year, the worst record in all of college football. Um, That's what I was saying. Yeah, I was saying know, they were absolutely terrible last. I mean, year. they they had a really tough dogfight against Florida A and M, who's <laughs> not even a good. Oh my FBS gosh, FBS Florida A and M! What will we ever do? Exactly. So I mean. Hey, didn't they go one and eleven the year before that too, or was yes? It, they, I think they hey, won. I, I have one more trash can. I have one more trash can. Five years. Who Kentucky? No. So I don't know if y'all saw Portland State beat oh. the University oh, of North I America ninety-four to zero. Bless America. <laughs> University of North America is a Division two school <laughs> that I. If you go to their website. I think Auburn High's football website is more like intuitive than their website. University. They don't even have a roster on their website. <laughs> Did they just they like... don't even have a updated roster? <laughs> they're like uh, a poverty they're... jag high school team. University of North America. Yeah. Where are they at? Where are <laughs> located? I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Um, Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia. Is oh, what? Yeah. That's so. the real university. Pick up Sycamore 2.0. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the last thing I'm going to say is, and you talk about, I mean, this Alabama team from a talent standpoint, they're still not bad. I mean, they're still Alabama. Like, you know, they still have talent, you know, that they can play with and they can plug in, you know. I mean, shoot, their they're running back is what, like you said, their running back saved them the day. Roy Dell Williams ran for 129 yards and a touchdown. If it weren't for him, I mean, they probably – they could have lost. I mean, uh, genuinely. Hey, so, y'all guess how many students North American University has? Two. I, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with five. 821. Jeez. <laughs> bro, our, our bro high, Auburn High School has yeah, a Auburn High senior class. We have, yeah, we have more people than that in our class. <laughs> yeah, so – oh, my gosh. So, I don't know how they put on a football team. And Portland but, State has 45,000 students. No, going to Alabama schedule – do you think that game on November 11th? I know, in my opinion, Kentucky's absolutely terrible. But do you think that game could be close, even or since it's in Kentucky, it's in Lexington? I don't think so. No. I don't. I no, don't. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't Here's really the, think so because I think that Kentucky probably will end up either them and Vanderbilt are going to be at the bottom of the SEC East. Yeah, but here's the here's the one more thing I'll say. Do you all think that this could be Saban's last year? Yes. Because I think I genuinely do. I I saw that a lot of Alabama fans, even after when they lost to Texas, a lot of Alabama fans were like, "Nick Saban needs to retire now." Yeah. And and if if Saban retires, do you think who are some coaching candidates? And I'm actually looking at one right now for a news article. I can't believe I didn't see this. But could Deion Sanders prime time go to Bama? On no, hundred percent. No. Yes. No. Hundred percent. No. Okay. Why? That, why, that why, will why, never why, happen. Why, that will never. I, happen. I think that. I think that the reason he would go to Alabama is for the money and also Colorado. What is he going to win in Colorado? Because hey, he's three and zero. He, to be fair, and he's three and zero, and he's beat a poverty state franchise. He's about to lose. He's about to lose like two games in a row, um, to Oregon and USC, and um, but I think. I think he would do well in the SEC, and I think that if he came to Alabama. I I think Joe Brady would be a good candidate from LSU and now the Buffalo Bills quarterback coach. Mm, 
I know you're And Cliff Kingsbury. Actually. I think that he, would be a good candidate as well. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. He couldn't even coach the Arizona Cardinals. So, um, yeah. Hey, here's what, I'll, here's what I'll say. Hey, Nick Saban was awful in the NFL. That's all I'll say. Yeah. True, true, yeah, true. No, that's yeah, a good true. point. He here's was. what I'll say. If, if Deion Sanders does – because here's the thing. I feel like Shadur Sanders, the way he's playing right now, could actually be gone after this season going to the NFL, genuinely. And um, – and Shiloh Sanders also, I mean, he's been playing great, 10-plus tackles in all three games so far and a pick six last time. So a lot of people think that his kids are possibly what's going to keep him there for another year. And But if Bama does come, you know, knocking on that door saying, hey, want to come play at Alabama, we already have, you know, the recruiting. You know, we already have the base. Like, you literally everything is here for you to win multiple national championships. I think it could happen. Another name – Though that I would like to throw in the mix, Brian Hart. Um, no, no, abs- ab- abs- absolutely not. I wish. Absolutely I not. wish. I Brian Hart uh, couldn't even get his job back at Boise State. They declined. Yeah, it. Yeah. So absolutely not. But another name that I high school team. Another name that I could see going to Bama. I'm trying to look around actually right now. I I, I actually genuinely don't know. I was about to say a name, but I genuinely don't know. Maybe if Ole Miss, like, performs really well and possibly somehow wins the West, maybe Lane Kiffin return to Bama. But why other would, than that, why I, don't, I, don't see any, I don't see any realistic options right now. Well, see, but, think about it. Kiffin coached at USC, so he wouldn't – USC's equivalent to Bama. Yeah, well, maybe possibly he go to USC and Lincoln Riley. Hey, Max, the title Bama of this podcast needs to be Nick Saban equals retirement home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Nick Saban I mean, equals golf course. <laughs> I mean, he's got the money to retire. I mean, he really – the only thing keeping him there is championships. Or do I don't think, think they're winning one this Or year. do you think um, Kevin Steele possibly no. get that job? No. He's their defensive coordinator right I now. No, that's so what I'm saying. The, the lane – here's the thing. For, I agree with Taylor with the no just because, I mean, I don't think he's – I don't think he should be a head coach. I think he's just a good defensive coordinator. But I think a yes – uh, but just because he's the lane's obviously there. One more, know? one more defensive coordinator. I think Mike could get it, but yeah. probably won't. Is probably Gene Chizik. Mm. Mm. I don't know. He's that at, interesting. Know. But hey, we're just gonna wrap him up. We're gonna throw him in the trash. Yeah, that team. was a good combo. Goodbye, yeah. Alabama. You're gonna lose <laughs> Ole Miss. Yeah, I know. Coming up Saturday. Franchise is over. What we got next, Max? Get your popcorn ready. It's time for Max's main matchup. Take them away. Uh, well, next we actually got the main matchup, which we won't see Alabama in anytime soon. Uh, and I got, <laughs> I got. Speaking of prime time and Coach Sanders, I've got number nineteen Colorado Buffaloes at the number ten Oregon Ducks. Yes, this isn't the game day next weekend. Although I thought, you know, if 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 it was any other week, it would be, but it's not. Um, now Colorado is coming off a close game, and whereas Oregon is not, you know. And the line really shows it. I mean, it's minus 20 and a half Oregon opening up. But uh, we'll also remember back to the TCU game. Now, obviously, Oregon is a way better team than TCU. But TCU opened up at minus 21. So there's kind of similarity there. But let's go ahead and break this game down. Like I said, Colorado beat Colorado State 43-35 to in double overtime, while the Ducks absolutely demolished Hawaii who is not a good team, but they still demolished them, 55-10. to 10. Uh, And some players to watch in this game, well, this game is going to be all offense. Pac-12 is here. 
and it's all, all offense. And it's mainly the QBs. So for both teams, you need to watch out for these QBs, both obvious Heisman candidates. Uh, Shadur Sanders, who in last game, he was 38 for 47 with 348 passing yards and four passing touchdowns with one interception. But if you watch it back, it was kind of the receiver's fault. Um, so really that shouldn't have even counted because it was a drop on a good pass. But Shadur Sanders, and then on the flip side, Oregon, you need to watch out for Bo Nix. We threw for 247 passing yards. Yeah, I you can hear Taylor clapping in the background. That's his the favorite goat, player. The goat, the goat, the goat. Um, he, he's 20, 21 for 27 passing uh, against Hawaii, and he threw for 247 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. And then the receivers throughout these teams. Now, I do know, and this kind of plays into who I think will win, which I'll say in prize picks, but um, – you know, the receivers for both these teams are still really good. Xavier Weaver for Colorado is making a name for himself. Nine catches for nine, 98 receiving yards and one touchdown. And he currently is number four on the receiving yards list uh, in the country for receiving yards. And then Troy Franklin, who I think is going to be an early round, possibly second or maybe late first uh, pick in the NFL draft next year for the Ducks. Four catches for 83 receiving yards last game. Um, both these teams have so many good players. Um, obviously I think Oregon has a better defense, you know, than Colorado does, but I mean, Hey, we'll see how it plays out. Where do y'all early, not who y'all think are going to win because we'll say that in prize picks, but what are some of y'all's early like takes? What are some keys to this game? Hey, I'll get more into Oregon a little bit later. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, I heard this this morning, uh, I was listening to college football, um, Mm -hmm. insider, uh, I was driving somewhere, and um, I heard this on the radio. Um, so someone was talking about Colorado. They were talking about the teams they've played. And I look at this, too. Colorado, really, you play a TCU team that lost a lot of people from last year. And then you play a Nebraska team that probably doesn't even know what football is anymore. Um, and then you play a Colorado State team who you should have beat by about 50 but beat them by a touchdown in overtime. And Colorado's not they're they're good, but they're not great. Like they're not um college football playoff material. They're about a six and six, seven and five team that will make the uh, armed forces military bowl and play a team like UConn. And um yeah, um <laughs> my what was that? It's an ad. I think oh. something. But here's here's something I'll say about Colorado. I disagree with the point that they're a six and six and seven and five team. Mainly because looking at their schedule, I just don't think they're going to go six and six, seven and five. I think at most they lose to they at most they lose maybe four games. That's what I see them losing. But they, might, they they would probably lose to uh I think they play Oregon State and Washington yeah, State as well yeah the, uh-huh. I say those will be close games but I say they yeah. probably lose those games but no I I just think that Shadura Sanders mainly carries that whole team because there's no depth there in that team like the, if you look at it you don't have a lot of depth in um in Colorado's team at all yeah here's here's what I'll say I think the the you know Travis Hunter getting injured. I hope he gets well soon. That was an obviously blatantly you know uh, he sh- the the player that did that play should have been kicked out of the game. But that's a whole n- different conversation. But anyways, uh, no, I mean this receiving core is still good. I mean you got Xavier Weaver, you got Jimmy Horn Jr. Uh, and then Dylan Edwards is also a player to look out for out of the backfield for uh, their running back. But he's really almost basically a receiver at this point because he mainly catches 
uh, balls rather than runs with them. And um, but no, I mean this Colorado team. The most impressive things I've seen about them, which were going to be my main worries coming into this year, uh, was their their offensive line has played. They haven't played great, you know, but they played well enough to give Shadur Sanders time. Uh, and especially they showed that in the TCU game. Kind of struggled a little bit against Colorado State, uh, especially with uh, Muhammad Kamara. He's a guy that they kept repeating. Uh, it's going to be an NFL uh, pick next year. I didn't know who he was before this game, but apparently he's really good. Um, so we'll see how they handle Oregon. I know they just got some big dogs on defense. I don't know any specific players, but I know they just got some dogs there. They always do. Um, so we'll see. This will be an interesting matchup. I think the most impressive thing about these two quarterbacks, uh, who are both really good, like I said, is their efficiency. Like I said, uh, Bo Nix, 21 for 27, you know, and I think on the year he's like plus 70 uh, on his percentage, which, I mean, just Bo Nix, the improvement since his days at Auburn is just, it's outstanding. I mean, to see what he's done. Uh, on the year, yeah, he currently has a completion percentage of 81.5% uh, on the year. So, I mean, this this game will be – I don't think it'll be a blowout like a lot of experts predict. I think it'll be close, but we'll see what happens. That's going to be the end of my segment. And next, it's kind of getting it's kind of getting a little hot in here. You know, kind of – kind of. I, I need, you know, to take this jacket off and I need to, you know, kind of cool down. All right, that was the cringiest thing of all time. <laughs> hey, 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 I tried <laughs> to transition. I tried to hey, transition. Yeah, like my intro, the temperature's rising. Go ahead and play that. The temperature's rising. That can only mean one thing. It's time for Taylor's Hottest Take. Mm-hmm. All right, so, you know, we're going somewhere that I went to Phoenix the other the other day, and, you know, it was really hot in there. I went to that Arizona State thing that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're going a little up north from Arizona. We're going to the state of Oregon. In Eugene, Oregon, there is a team called the Oregon Ducks. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy about them? What's crazy? They win. They will make the college football playoff after winning the Pac-12. Mm, I can see. I know, I know mm. the old bias factor. I know the bias factor will come into this take. But I truly believe Oregon is as legit as that Marcus Mariota-led Oregon team that made the natty in the first year of the playoff after losing to the Ohio State team. I truly think this team is as good as that team. I think Bo Nix and Marcus Mary. I think Bo Nix might I, – I think he will for sure be at the Heisman uh, – like the Heisman uh, ceremony. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain about it. Yeah, he will. But I think he will. The Pac-12 is a hard conference, though. And they got yeah. hard games at home against Colorado, like we talked about. And USC is at home. And then away against Washington and Utah. That's going to be tough. So their schedule is not easy by any means. But if they win those games, they they have to make the play. There's no way they don't make the playoff if they win the Pac-12. Yeah. How good the Pac-12 is right now, anyone that wins that conference is going to make the playoff or, like, a pretty good bowl. And this team is much-watched football. Of course, Bo Nix, transfer quarterback from Auburn, 893 yards, eight touchdowns, and zero interceptions through three games. Yeah. I know they haven't played the strongest teams. I mean, they played a good Texas Tech team. But yeah. zero interceptions. He's, he's just super precise with his throws. But the weapons around him are even more stellar. I want to get into them. They have three running backs that get carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bucky Irving, a four-star transfer from Minnesota. 
Jordan James, a four-star from the 2022 class, recruiting class. And then Noah Whittington, who actually was a zero-star transfer, mm. is such a speed weapon at five foot nine. He mainly comes out of the backfield and goes for the really long wheel routes and like the angle routes, you know, that you see in Madden all the time that are overpowered. But mm-hmm. besides that, some of their other, other notable players are Troy Franklin, a wide receiver, and yeah. Gary Bryant, who are the top receivers on this team, who both uh, like have almost no drops. I think T- Troy F- Franklin has like 200-something yards, so he's Bo Nix's favorite target, of course. Yeah. And then they have a DB named Tysheem Johnson, who's actually a transfer from Ole Miss, that mm. is leading the team with 20 tackles through three games. Yeah. Like, that's pretty dang good. And then Jeffrey Bassa, who is a linebacker, an edge rusher, also leads the team in tackles with 16. He's second in tackles. So I know this may sound like a stretch, and y'all may think that I'm like Desmond Howard, and I just <laughs> say Oregon is good because I'm an Oregon fan. <laughs> but I like Desmond Howard gives no reason to why Michigan is good, but I gave the reasons, and I personally think this is the best team in the Pac-12. And with a big matchup against Colorado, I think it's time for them to prove themselves as a contender to the entire country. And, you yeah. know, Max, I'm hitting that O right now like I did at the Auburn game. So <laughs> I agree. So yeah. does forever. I, would, I yeah. agree with Taylor like 100%. I think Oregon, <clears throat> Oregon, if they don't mess up in, uh, at any part of their schedule, I see them going either all – or either – I know they're prob- they'll make the college football playoff with that if they win every game on schedule um, for sure. But I possibly see them going maybe all the way to win a national championship or even make oh, wow. or even make the national championship game. Because I mean, I say this weekend they probably beat Colorado pretty bad. Colorado Travis Hunter being out is gonna be a big factor and also um I think Oregon's defense, uh like Taylor said, and Max, you said that too. Oregon's defense is really good. Yeah. Um and hey, another title for the episode, Bo Nix equals Heisman. And I do think Bo Nix is definitely he, he's either, in the conversation. either gonna win Heisman or be runner up. I don't think you can't put him third or fourth. Yeah. Well here's here's what I'll say. I, I kind of felt like this was where you're going when you texted in the group chat that you were excited for today's hottest take. And um I'm honestly gonna say I kind of am on the same boat, actually. You know, I mean this Oregon team is probably the best we've seen, like you said, since that Marcus Mariota team. My only concern, like literally looking at their entire schedule, which they got, um, let's see, of their next of their next nine games, six of them are against ranked teams and ranked undefeated teams at that. And so my biggest, but my only one that I'm concerned about right now is at Washington because, like you said, he could be runner up for the Heisman, and I think that guy he's going to be runner up to is Michael Penix Jr., who right now leads the country with, uh, I think it's almost 1,400 passing yards through three games. He's thrown for 400-plus in every game so far this year. You're so, g- I think that game And who have they really played, though? Be- who have they played? Who have they played? Yeah. Uh, now, you know, they played similar, similar. I'd say, to very similar, actually, to Oregon's schedule. I mean, they played at home against Boise State, who they're not as great as, you know, past years, but they're still a decent group of five team. Then they played at home against Tulsa Scrub. And then they played at Michigan State, which a lot of people did think that that game could be not. It would be. It was definitely their hardest test so far. That's all I'll say. But what I'm saying is that's going to be their hardest test this year, and that is in 
Uh, that is in three weeks from now, week six. If you, and I think actually no, week seven because they get a bye after Stanford. That's going to be the college game day game. Exactly, that game will decide who's going to win the Pac-12 as well as win Pac-12's bid to the college football playoff. I think because this this conference is just way too good for a team not to make the not to make the playoff. If you look, so, if you look at it though, the Pac-12 is going to have at least three people sitting up there during or during the Heisman. Uh, during the Heisman. Oh, 100%. They could have four. Yeah, they could you, have five. I, they could no, literally I, have five. No, 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 Cam no. Ward, We're going to stop Ward that. No, I think, I think that Sam Hartman's going to be one of them that's up there. How many How many Heisman people, like, how many can go to the convention? Do any of y'all know? I it's think four it's total? four. <laughs> Sam, oh, okay. Then, yeah. Sam Hartman so. will be four, and then you'll have – No, last um, year it was three. Yeah, so there you go. You could have a full Pac-12. It could be uh, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. Straight up. Straight up. So, yeah. I mean, that's how good the Pac-12 is. Um, yeah, so I'm honestly, I mean, uh, for your hottest take today, uh, it was a good one, and it's yeah. an agreeable one, you know. Yeah, that's a cool one right there. Yeah, so. But I think that'll, that'll do it for this segment. And now we move in to the prize picks, which – to switch it up and to keep it kind of fresh, Reese, you picked the games today, so you host the segment. Here we go. Not sponsored by the app Prize Picks. It's time for Max's Prize Picks. Yep, let's go. Come on, let's get some uh, let's get some prize picks in here. Um, I got some good games. I know week four, week four of college football. I'm super excited to see these ranked on ranked matchups, especially in the Pac-12. We got a lot of Pac-12 action. Got a lot of SEC action. Uh, we got NFL action again. Uh, NFL is going to be starting week three this week, so it's going to be a going to be a fun week. And uh, hey, 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 Reese, before you get into that, why don't you tell the people at home? Because uh, I'm sure they want to hear what are the standings looking like between us uh, for this year. For so yeah, for, Reese, expose yourself real quick. Yeah, yeah, Reese. I just want to. No, uh, I think the fans <laughs> at home should know because we said um, it last week. Okay, so From top to bottom. Um. Okay, it's not. It's not good, guys. Uh, <laughs> I let's hear it. I'm 15 and 15. I went four and six last week. Ooh, and it's, it's not going good. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, maybe you can bounce back since you decided the games. Maybe you can bounce back. Hopefully, uh, I'm hoping. Um, yeah. and uh, Taylor is uh, oh, man, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> for the O, for the O, for the O. Let's go. <laughs> Taylor's Taylor, in first, right? Taylor's yeah. 21 and nine. Jeez. Oh, you went. Hey, six I'm not far up. behind though. I'm in second, oh. 19 and 11. He so. went. He went six and four last uh, last week. Um, me too. And then, all right, all right. All right. I did. I did. <laughs> what? I um, did. Yeah, Max went six and four last week, and he's nine, 19 and 11. I almost said yeah. nine. 11. So, big race no, at the top. It, all right. What are, the, what are the games we got this week? Board. No, let's get it started. Like to shout we're gonna to we're gonna be supporting Marcus our favorite team, to my teammates, Auburn Tigers, when Pink Thorne goes into Kyle Field. Okay. Them Aggies. Hey. All right. So this is the first game we're picking. First game is Auburn at Texas A&M. Auburn at Texas A&M. Um, Texas A&M is a seven-point favorite. Sadly. Um, that's all. True. Um. The over under for this game is fifty two and a half. It's not gonna so, happen. If Auburn wants to win, not gonna happen. But you keep going. Okay. Um. So no, I, you know, Peyton Thorn. I, I went to the game. 
this past weekend. Me and Taylor went as well. It was a good I, game. I got a uh got to see Peyton Thorne uh do okay. He he didn't do good, he didn't do bad. But um in order for Auburn to win this game, you can't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. You, you just can't. You can't you can't make stupid mistakes like Peyton Thorne threw that pass um in the end zone and ended up being a tipped interception. And they also threw another interception into double coverage. Some of that has to do with the play calling with the offense coordinator, which I think what's going to happen is if Auburn loses to Texas A&M, I think Hugh Freeze needs to take over play calling for Auburn. And uh, that would help Auburn possibly defeat Georgia. But going back to the Texas A&M game here, I think that um, – I do think that um, Peyton Thorne, if he – if we can throw the ball deep early – I do think that because Miami, we saw Miami did that against A&M in the second half, and A&M didn't respond with anything because their secondary was not that good. So if Auburn's able to throw the ball deep in the second half, I think Auburn can win this game. I do say that Auburn wins this game by a field goal or a touchdown, and I mm. I say that um, the final score will be 38-35. to 35. Oh, my gosh. 38-35. I'm taking the over. On this one, okay. I mean, hey, you know, you do you, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna agree that Auburn wins this game. I think it's a tough spot matchup. You know, it's always hard to play at Kyle Field. You know, with the twelfth man and all that. But I do say we go in. Gonna be and the we win. The eleventh man after we beat them. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Hopefully, but um, no. I mean, Connor Weigman though, they have some good players. Connor Weigman and Evan Stewart have been playing great so far, except for the Miami game. We kind of they kind of showed their true colors. Like you said, weren't able to stop the pass at all. And that's definitely going to help Peyton Thorne because Peyton Thorne currently leads our team in rushing yards, uh, which I don't know if y'all knew that, but after that last game where he ran for 123 rushing yards, uh, he's now our leader in rushing yards and passing yards. And I believe that he's actually a better runner than he is a passer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that Peyton Thorne, you know, with them not having the greatest secondary, he'll be able to expose it a little bit. Um, I don't think he'll throw for more than 200 passing yards, and that is also why I'm saying this is going to be a slugfest, and I'm saying that Auburn's going to win this game 24-20 to 20 in Kyle Field uh, over the Aggies. So give me the under and give me Auburn with, I guess, the upset, according to Vegas. Yep. All right. Oh, you no. Know, I went to the game this past weekend. I, mm-hmm. I've grown up an Auburn fan, living in Auburn, Alabama, going to Auburn High School. But I I just don't believe in Auburn this year. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so for real. Mm. I don't believe in Peyton Thorne. I think he's good. I like the mullet that he's got right now. But <laughs> it is I, just nice don't, I just don't see him. I don't see him in an SEC environment. I mean, he played at Michigan State, and we saw in big environments he just couldn't do it. Yeah, and that so is. I, I I think Peyton Thorne's gonna get shaken up. I think our run game's still gonna work. Uh, like Demari Alston. Um. Jarquez. Bro, Jarquez. Yeah, Jarquez Hunter. That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> and then Brian uh, – what's that guy's name? Batty. He probably Brian Batty. Good. And Jeremiah Cobb. I think this run game is insane. I think it will work at some point next year. Um, I, I'm going to have to go – this is kind of a heartbreaker to me. I don't – I oh, want to keep my record going. I'm going to have to pick against Auburn. I'm going to have to oh, pick wow. Texas A&M. I think the 12th man is going to pack it out. You know that stadium, the capacity yeah. is 100-something thousand. Exactly. Most it's students, crazy. it's the biggest university, public university in this country. 
I just got Texas A&M with the 12th man. I got them winning by a touchdown. I'm still going to wow. be cheering for Auburn, but yeah. I got to pick Texas A&M to keep my record going. No, Here's my thing. How 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 tight is the just real quick? How tight is the string on uh on Peyton Thorn before they like if they if he starts throwing interceptions like he did at Michigan State? Do they? I feel like we could see an Alabama situation where by the third quarter, if he's not playing good at all, I feel like we could see Robbie Ashford come in. Yeah, okay. that, that was my question. But no, I see I see where Taylor's coming from with like picking against Auburn because. In my opinion, I do think if Peyton Thorne doesn't play good this game, I see Auburn winning about five. Oh, yeah. Auburn. Peyton Thorne's the ultimate X factor in this game. Yeah, I, I agree. If we do not play good this game, this game basically defines our whole season. If we if we lose yeah. this game, we'll, we'll, win, we'll win five. I feel like if we lose this game by a field goal or a touchdown, it doesn't define us, though. Yeah. I feel yeah. like if we lose big, then it's like yeah. it's kind of a heartbreaker. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also hurtful if we lose this game because – I mean, you look at the schedule upcoming right after that. We got at home against Georgia, away against LSU in Death Valley, um, and then at home against Ole Miss. So I mean, like you know, if we lose this game, it could be a rough, it could be a rough road ahead for the Tigers. Yeah, but um, yeah, we're gonna go on to the next game, and um, this one's gonna be I don't know if it's gonna be a fun one. This over under is absolutely absurd, um, <laughs> but it was Taylor's hottest take, so we're gonna do it. Mm, um, I got you. Colorado, oh, <laughs> Oregon. Oregon is a 20 and a half point favorite. I just saw the over under. I couldn't hope the over under is 72 and a half. Jeez. <laughs> it's getting out. Hey, it's going to be an offensive game, like I said. So. Getting out of hand. Um, But I'm going to get it started. Um, I, Oregon is. Uh, there's so many words to des- to describe Oregon this year, and um, losing is not one of them. Um, and I think that Colorado will be up for this game, but I say by the second quarter, I say Oregon's up by about thirty, and um, I think Oregon wins this game, forty-five to twenty. Mm, in okay. in Eugene. This man's taking the fool over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, I think... But you are taking the under, though, technically. Yes, so. yes, yes, I am. Yeah. But I say that um, Shadur Sanders throws about two or three interceptions, and uh, Bo, Nick, Bo Nix will throw for about 400 yards almost, and I say Oregon wins this game. Hey, listen, I, I agreed with most of the things that you said. And there's a reason why this was my main matchup today. No. Uh, not because I think it's going to be, like, you know, super close and it's going to, like, define a lot of stuff for football coming up, although it probably will because the winner of this game will definitely take the driver's seat in the Pac-12, I think. Um, but, uh, no, this game just has so much intrigue, and it's primetime, man. I mean, you know, that, that game against Colorado, Colorado State, I can't remember a time where there was a 27 27- it was a game where a, fi- a team was favored 27 points, and it started at 9.30. And right after going to an Auburn-Stanford game, I wanted to get home and watch that game. Like, I can't remember the last time that ever happened. So, with that being said, I don't think Colorado's going to win this game by any means. I'm not saying that. And I think that the 72-and-a-half line is absurd. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, I would, yeah, I would take the under. I would smash the under if I'm a better right now. Oh, um, buddy, but, here we go. Yeah, shout out, shout out, H. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, 
Here's the thing. Give me my I think theme that music. <laughs> Prime, yeah, Prime will get his theme music for three quarters. I think that for the first three quarters of this game, Prime's going to have this voice ready. I think that he's not only a great recruiter, but I do think he is actually a good coach. Um, and I think Shadur Sanders will be up to the challenge. But like I said, for three quarters, it is Eugene. It is a tough place to play. And it's going to be the hardest environment that any Coach Prime team has ever faced, including Jackson State. So I'm going to say that Oregon is going to win this game. And I think that it's going to be by a score of 38, 38 to 24. But it's going to be it's going to be close till the end. So yeah. 38 to 24. Give me Oregon. Give me the under because the over under is absurd. 72 and a half is crazy. And then give me Oregon not covering but winning. All right. All right. Before I pick this game, I have one question. Is Travis Hunter like officially out? Yeah. He's officially out. Coach Prime said he's out for a few weeks. Oh. That is also, yeah. All right. Oregon. I try not to be a bias analyst, um, but I, I have to go Oregon. You know, Third Oregon team. is my, even though I live in Auburn, Oregon is my favorite team in college football right now. Um, yes, I'm a bandwagon. I just like <laughs> Bo Nix, mm. and I probably won't like Oregon next year after Bo Nix leaves. But other than that, you know, I just bought my Bodacious shirt. You know, I have a Bo Nix jersey. I'm, I'm just a huge Bo Nix fan. I think he balls out in this game. I think he proves to the country why everyone is hyping him up as a Heisman favorite. I got Oregon winning. I don't think it will be as high scoring as y'all say. I got him 31 to 24. I do mm-hmm. think this will be a really close game, but I, got, I have to go Oregon. You know, Bo is going to bop out. He's going to have fun. He's going he's gonna to keep calm and have fun. Like we like, <laughs> like, like, we like, we like to say it. that in Auburn. He's going to do that in Oregon. Austin Stadium is going to be packed. Even though the capacity of Austin Stadium is not up there, it's one of the loudest environments with all the air quality and everything. It is. It's just so loud on the field. I don't. I don't think Shadur Sanders will know what hit him. So, yeah, listeners out there, if you've ever, if you've never watched an Oregon game, like a big primetime Oregon game, it's it's fun to watch. It's you also can't hear anything because it's so. Yeah, loud. you got to do it for though. Let's go Ducks. Yep. Um. Yeah. No. That's gonna be a very that that'd be a very interesting game. Two thirty. ABC yeah. on Saturday. I will be watching. Also, two thirty game on Fox. Another mm. Pac twelve matchup. This is a good one. I love this matchup. Amazing matchup. Number twenty two UCLA at number eleven Utah. The line is Utah by five, and the over under is fifty one and a half. I say this game's a very low scoring game. Um. And I'm I'm going um I'm going with the Utes um seventeen to ten in okay. in Salt Lake City and I very think, low scoring game yeah. very low is Cam rising back yeah so that's what I'm trying to look up right now so he uh, wasn't back today but it says that there's a chance that he's back oh but they don't they don't know they don't know here's what I'll say that is first off Cam rising being back if Cam rising's back I mean this this entire game, like, you know, the focus flips all the way to Cam Rising if you're UCLA, yeah. you know, on defense. But uh, they say that uh, the backup quarterback for Utah, I don't know if you've watched, but I he's played he's played pretty good, Nate Johnson. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a, so- a true sophomore. But as a backup, he's played good. But UCLA, this UCLA team, I feel like with their transfer portal additions, and Chip Kelly is a great coach. Um, for UCLA especially. Um, and Dante Moore, if you've not watched this kid play, true freshman, like true, true freshman, 
Uh, now, he was a top three, you know, recruit, so he was expected to be really good. But he has come in since that Coastal Carolina game, and he has played outstanding, 32 for 51 for 615 yards and seven touchdowns with only one interception. But that's in two and a half games because he didn't play the first half of Coastal Carolina. He didn't even get the start. He wasn't expected to, but the other guy played like crap, played like booty. So Dante Moore came in, and I'm going to go with UCLA with the upset on the road. I if Like I said, if Cam Rising's playing, then this pick totally changes, and I'd possibly go with the Utes. But I'm just not sure right now. And, um, yeah, I got UCLA on the road. Give me UCLA 21-13 to on the road. A, a low-scoring game as well. Um, and, yeah, go Bruins. All right, I'm going to have to agree with Max on this one. I do think UCLA's quarterback is very good. Mm-hmm. I think their high-powered offense just gets the job done against Utah. Utah did not look good against Baylor. They looked all right versus Florida, which, I, yeah. I mean, Florida at that point uh, – they were just trying to get their everything figured out. Let's be exactly. so Then they actually played Weber State, Weber or Weber State, whoever the heck that is, last week. They only won 31 to 7. Yeah. It kind of raises some questions about how good is this Utah team actually. But yeah, I'm going to have to go to the Utah or UCLA Bruins. Give me the Bears. Um, I got them winning, I think, 28 to about, I think 28 to 20 is a fair score. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. That's, that's what time cool. is that game? 2.30, you said? 2.30, Fox. 2:30 yeah. I'm glad that it's not at 9.30 like most packs are. <laughs> so, yeah. So Here's awesome. I think it's a good point that you brought up that Baylor game. I totally forgot about that. I was thinking more on the Florida side of things where they didn't look – yeah, they didn't look great like you said. But, yeah, against Baylor 2013 against a Baylor team that lost to Texas State in the first week of – like, let's not forget that they lost to Texas State, Okay. Speaking and of, they barely beat oh, TJ they played last week. Exactly. Did you so, see TJ Finley? They, they beat they beat LIU. I don't know who LIU is, but they beat LIU Long 37. Island. So I yeah, I don't They I don't beat an 0 3 Long Island team 30 to 7. Did yeah. You, did, did and Max, we were following that game, and by the end this at halftime it was 16 to 7. Yeah, exactly. Did so, you see Texas State though, uh TJ Finley threw like four hundred yards last night. Yeah, I mean, T.J. Finley, I'm proud of him. But here's what, I, here's what I'll say just I'm to kidding. finish off this Utah-UCLA segment. It's the same reason I gave for not believing in Florida beating uh, Tennessee, which I'll admit I was wrong about that. But it's the same reason I'll give for that game. I just don't believe in this Utah team. I haven't seen it yet, and I need to see to believe. And I haven't seen, so I don't believe yet. Give me UCLA on the road. And what's our next game? Uh, um, you know, um, you know, this game I did think was going to be good. I'm just still – I still got to pick it. Yeah. 2.30, CBS, Old Miss mm. at Alabama. I don't know how this game's going to go. Um, Alabama is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Somehow – I mean, Brian Denny. I, I, I'm not surprised. Some way, they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. But the over-under is 55 for this game. That's a little too high for this one. Um, Probably Old Miss 55-0. That's probably the reason they're putting that there. Um, But – no, uh, Alabama's quarterback situation is all screwed up right now. Um, and I think Jackson Dart comes into Brian Denny and gets Old Miss their first win in Brian Denny since 2015. And Old Miss keeps the train rolling and they will win 24 to, I'm going to say 24 to 9. 
nine. Wow, not a touchdown. You don't have Alabama scoring a touchdown. No, I'm going to say it's going to kind of be like the Texas game, except they don't score a touchdown. I'm going to say, like, you know, the first half of the Texas game, they got all three field goals. I'm going to say Ole Miss's defense is able to hold them into field goals, and um, it's 24 to nine. All right, here, here's what I'll say, Reese. This Alabama team is bad. They're not, they're not, they're not good. At least compared to what they've been in the past, like what compared to what they've been in like recent years, including the most recent year last year, like they're a dumpster fire. They're not good for the Crimson Tide standards. Yeah, but they are playing in Bryant Denny, and they're coming off of two games where, like you said, according to all the Bama fans and even the Bama coaching staff, they have played miserably. And I know one thing is that when in doubt, believe in Saban. Saban is going to go down as one of the – once he retires, he's going to go down as one of the best, if not the best, college football coach of all time. And that is because he's able to make adjustments and also to get players to play well. Now, I'll also say this. He has not gotten any QBs to play well. And like Taylor said, he has three actual like starting caliber QBs, or so they say. So – what I'll have this game going to is I do have Alabama winning, but it's going to be very close, and it's going to be, you know, I think Ole Miss could honestly be winning with two two minutes to go, and then Jalen Milrow, you know, something happens and Bama's able to win. So I'm going to go. Bama wins this game 27-23 to 23 over Ole Miss at home. Give me the under, but give me Bama not covering, but winning the game 27-23. In Bryant Denny, Saban finds a way. Mm, that's a good. I'm gonna have to agree with Max. I know they were my trash can, but I don't believe in this Ole Miss team. They yeah. Georgia Tech kept it close with Ole Miss, and Ole Miss barely beat a two-lane team that didn't even have their starting quarterback. Yeah, true. I don't believe in this Ole Miss team. I believe in Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin. I love them, but I don't believe in this Ole Miss defense. Even though this yeah. Alabama offense is struggling, this Ole Miss defense is probably even worse than Alabama's offense, to be honest. Possibly. So. I'm going to have to go the Crimson Tide. I, I understand what you're saying. 2.30, primetime SEC on CBS. You know, you got Burton and Ernie basically commentating it. You got the, the mood, the fall mood of Southeastern football coming to Bryant-Denny Stadium. It's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. And I think Ole Miss hasn't had a test like that. Alabama's had a test. Yeah. They had Texas. Ole Miss hasn't played anybody decent. Nope. Yeah. Except let's for, remember you know, this also. Tulane's decent, but they didn't even have their starting quarterback. And they had like half of their starters hurt. So I yeah. think Ole Miss just haven't proven themselves yet. And I don't think they proved themselves this Saturday. I got the Alabama Crimson Tide winning. I would, I'm going to say a very low scoring. This Alabama defense is legit, guys. Like, yeah, they're going to do everything they can to give this offense the ball as many times as they can. Yeah, I said cool. I got Alabama winning this 24 to 21 with a Will Wright Kurt game winning field goal. Cool and McKinney should be a big factor this weekend. Them. Yeah, Kool-Aid McKintry, Dallas Turner, that defense is going to cause problems for Ole Miss, yeah. you know, and also their O-line, we saw it against Tulane, it's not great as well. Neither You need a good O-line, especially against the Crimson Tide. Neither, so, neither is Alabama's, though. Alabama's O-line has trouble, too. Yeah, so it's going to yeah, be a slugfest for sure. Good. Yeah, Um. but no, this next game, this is going to be a surprise for both of y'all. I personally, in football... I'm in love with it. Is this the last one or the second to last college football one? This is – we're doing seven co- – We're doing seven college, yeah, because the slate is packed. Yeah. Um, I personally love a team, and they're from the state, the great state 
of Kansas. Oh, oh, brother. Uh, you know, I got it. There's a team, the Kansas Jayhawks. Ah, uh, really? I love them. I just love them. They're just okay. Um, no, they they got BYU this weekend. I th- big upset against Arkansas. Hey, BYU. I think this, We all picked Arkansas. I they think this will be a great matchup, a great Big Twelve matchup this weekend. Kansas is an eight and a half point favorite against mm-hmm. BYU in is in Lawrence. So. It doesn't matter because none of their fans even come to the games. Yes, they do. Yeah. Taylor, they no, they can't. Out. To, to be fair, they game day last Instagram, the first time ever. Yeah, in Kansas history. Um, no, the over under is a little high. It's fifty six. But yeah, you know, I gotta go with Kansas in this one. I love, I love their running back, uh, David Neal. He's amazing. He um has forty carries in on the season and he has 303 yards and five touchdowns all red three games that's that's pretty good and um BYU's quarterback yeah and what has Jalen Daniels done been complete trash <laughs> that is true on him for my trash can <laughs> um BYU's quarterback has thrown for 660 yards this season six touchdowns and one interception not he'll get hurt the completion rate is awful not yeah bad. it's keyed on slow they still get hurt yeah but no, I think this will be a great game. First Big Twelve game for BYU, just joining the conference. Kansas after last year has to have a lot of momentum going into conference play, being three and zero. I know they've played a bunch of nobodies. Illinois is the only team that's relevant that they've played. But not. I love Kansas in this matchup, and I think Kansas wins this game, thirty-one to twenty-seven in Lawrence. I think this is. Honestly, yeah, it's kind of a surprise. I wasn't expecting to pick this game, especially when they have so many other great matches. But honestly, I, I next, the next two are better. The next two, I, I, I think that this game will be close. And also, there's a lot of storylines. You know, Kansas coming off of last year where they started six and zero, and then they lost their next six games. But still, they started six and zero, made a bowl game for the first time in gosh knows how long. Um, versus BYU, who's their? It's their first year in the Big Twelve, and they came off a. Very surprising, like I said, Arkansas win at Arkansas, uh, 38-31 to 31 in a game where we all picked Arkansas and we all expected it not to be super close. Um, so, but I'm going to go, I'm going to say that Kansas, they do face a letdown here. I'm going to say that BYU comes in no. and, because here's no. the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. They just beat an Arkansas team in Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas has a harder atmosphere. And Arkansas is a way better team than Kansas. And like you admitted, Kansas has played nobodies. Whereas BYU just proved that they can beat an SEC team in an SEC atmosphere. So give me the BYU Cougars winning. I love I love their mascot. He hits the coolest dance moves. Um, and I think they're, they're going to be dancing all over the Jayhawks uh, out in their stadium uh, of 47,000 people. I'm looking at the capacity right now, which is nothing. No. Um, so oh. BYU wins this game on the road. Give me them. 34 to 24. Uh, so BYU upsets them by double digits on the road. Go Cougars. It's a 230 game, too, by the way. All right, Reese. All right, Reese. All I'm going to say if you're going to bandwagon for a team, at least make it a good team. Yeah, no. No, no, no I'm a bandwagon for the Bo Nicks, and they're actually good. No, Why would it's, you not that, it's not that. It's not that. Are you from Kansas? Poverty? 
Kansas is poverty. I've been to Kansas. There's nothing to do there. It's literally farms and farms and rednecks and more ho- horse poop on the ground everywhere. The fans <laughs> don't come to the games. The students come to the games. That's the whole crowd. And they make no noise because they don't care. Jalen Daniels, I remember last year, had all this hype around him. Like week six when they played TCU, they're like, oh, he's going to win. He's going to be in the Heisman ceremony. No, he, he was hurt. awful. And this season, he's been awful. And you said the Kansas running back is good, but he's played Nevada. He's played absolutely nobody. They barely beat Nevada. They beat Nevada by seven points, Reese. Uh, yeah. That was a- like, I don't know why you would even cheer for Kansas. It's no, it's they just- barely beat Missouri State and they barely beat Illinois. Yeah, so, let's just. Like, All I'm going to say is the BYU, BYU Cougars, I know they're going to Kansas, but they have a beautiful stadium. They have the mountains in the background of the stadium. I got, I got the BYU Cougars. I think they're a Catholic school, I think. Yeah, they're Mormon. Mormon, Mormon school, yeah. I got, I got the Mormons of BYU coming into <laughs> Kansas, coming into the middle of nowhere and winning this game by 21 points, 21 to zero. Yeah, dude. My- Jeez. Oh, wow. <laughs> like that. Here's the thing, Reese. Here's the thing. You also, I like the fact that he brought up the Nevada game. Look at these, just based off a just pure on-paper standpoint, look at these teams' last two games this past Saturday. At Arkansas and at Nevada. BYU beat Arkansas by seven. Kansas beat Nevada by seven. So, there, that should tell you all you need to know. Yeah. So We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? All right. Who knows? Next game. It, it could be a good game. could be a blowout. I don't know. Kansas, I just based it off of last year. That's all. That's all I was doing. No, you basically because you're a fan of Kansas and you know they suck, so you wanted to <laughs> hype them up for a little bit. You wanted to, yeah, you wanted to give them, you know, some. Um, no, the next game is in Pullman, Washington, 6 p.m. After this, I think this is after the UCLA game. Um, Oregon State at Washington State, another good Pac-12 matchup. Um, yeah. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, this one this one's really good. I think this one, especially after what Washington State did a few weeks ago to Wisconsin. Um but Wisconsin's not good. They won like or Washington State won like sixty four to twenty one or this week. The last week. Yeah. Against, against Northern, Northern Colorado. Colorado. Who, who, who who's gonna win, Reese? Who's gonna win? You okay, think? so um I do like um Ungale. From Oregon State. <laughs> Ungale is crazy. What? Uyagalele? Whatever his name is. Ukulele. I call him Ukulele. DJU. DJU. Yeah. DJU. Um, yeah. I yeah. I like him. I like him at quarterback. Uh, it was kind of weird to see them only beat San Diego State last week. Um, 26 to 9. That wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't what I expected from them. I say this game's very close. Oregon State is only favored by two and a half, and the over-under is 56, to be exact. And um, I see Oregon State losing this game, actually. Mm, I say okay. Washington State, um, it, the Washington's quarterback's Cameron Ward, right? Yes, he's very. he was one of the ones that I also mentioned could be in there for the Yeah, for the Cameron Ward, I think, plays another great game. And I think he does phenomenal, and Washington State wins this game by a field goal, and it's going to be twenty to seventeen. Yeah, here's here's what I here's what I'll say. This is a very intriguing matchup, which is why I said I was excited for it because you got a team in Oregon State that very that very much relies on their defense because uh, they have DJU at quarterback. Yeah, and then you have a team in Washington State that very much relies on their offense. Because, you know, their defense allowed 20, 
24 points or excuse me, 21 points to Northern Colorado. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to go Washington state here because yes, sir. I mean, I just don't believe in DJU to win big games. Yes, sir. I, just, just straight, just straight up. I don't believe in DJU. I mean, I know he's played better than he did against Clemson, I guess. I mean, that's what the people are saying on the street, but I mean, against <laughs> let's, let's see, let's see who they played at San Jose state at home against UC Davis and at home against San Diego State, his uh, numbers right now are 42 for 68, 630 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. But Cam Ward, this is why I think that he could be a sleeper, uh, not only for the Heisman, but for like partially, like probably a high NFL draft pick next year. Uh, 78 for 108, or 78 for 108 passing, 986 yards for nine touchdowns through three games, as well as 32 carries for 94, 95 yards on the ground with two rushing touchdowns. Give me Washington State. Give me Wazoo uh, to win in Pullman. They A lot of times they pack up the crowd. I think they'll pack it this time. Are they going uh, on the field? Washington, Washington State will win this game, and it will be 34-2-17. They will win. They will pull away against Oregon State because DJU cannot score in big games. Give me Washington State. The Cougars as well. Max, will we see a storm field? Will we see uh, them storm? Uh, probably yes, because Wazoo hasn't won really anything big in a while. This will probably be their biggest win since like what 2017. So yeah, probably, yeah. Give me Wazoo. Yeah. All right, all right. You know, this is another personal bias game. Being an Oregon fan, you don't cheer for Oregon State. Yep. Yeah. We, I felt like- we don't cheer for the Beavers. We don't even say household. Um, you know, it's 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 banned. I can't pick Wazoo. I feel like Wazoo's always that team that. Sneak into the top twenty-five, yeah, and then, and then they lose. you know lose, and then they get out. But I don't think that happens this year. I think I think Washington State actually finishes third or fourth in the Pac-12 this year. Oh, over wow. Oregon State. Hey, that like no, that State, is actually Utah, that is LA. actually true because yeah, no, Washington State is like there's a. Pop- Let me make my pick, Reese. Right. <laughs> I got Washington State. Oh. Give me. I love Washington State's offense. I got to go fifty-four to oh, twenty-one. My. Whoa, fifty-four points. Hey. Oregon State, I know you don't want to talk about the Beavers, but they have a decent defense this year. But, no, what were you going to say, Reese, about, you know, Washington State? Um, No, I I think Washington State, though, um, like Taylor was saying, I think Washington State is a team that most years – well, I, I know the past few years they haven't been – they haven't really been relevant, but this year they're they're getting back to where they were back in 2017, 2018 – when they were able to possibly beat a team like Washington or, you know, sometimes they could Oregon and they stuff could like, like that. close with Oregon and stuff like that. And I think that – I do think that Oregon State's going to have trouble against uh, Cameron Ward when he's uh, throwing the ball especially. And I do think I do think Oregon State's defense is a little overrated, especially since they've played nobody. Yeah. All right, what's the, what's the, what's the next pick, Reese? I think I know what, which one it is. Football game. Is probably I don't know if this is the best one of the year. This might not be the best one. Could be, could be. But I, I genuinely think so. Thirty NBC prime time. Ohio State at Notre Dame. Sam College Hartman, game day. Sam Hartman continues his possible Heisman campaign, and I know Notre Dame really hasn't played anybody. This is their first real. And they played first, NC State. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but NC State is—they're okay. They're all right. They're all right. Yeah, they're not 
good. They're not bad. They're decent. Um, but no, this game, we saw Ohio State blow out a good Western Kentucky team. But good, good is a little stretch. I'm not. Yeah, gonna lie. I mean, hey, they were good, and this year they have a good quarterback. Yeah, supposedly of, quarterback. this year they were going to be at least decent or good, but Ohio State beat them 63 to 10. This is the most points we've seen Ohio State score all year, um, because we've seen them the past two matchups get uh, get matchups. Uh, well, the Indiana matchup was 23 to three, and then the um, who did they play week two? Youngstown State, the you know, oh yeah, tough team, Heisman team. Um, Youngstown State, uh, they played them week two and beat them thirty-five to seven. That's not too impressive, but that win for Ohio State this week really um that got them got them possibly going uh, up for this big game in South Bend. This is game day for um for Saturday. Ohio State is actually a three-point favorite. That's yeah, that's kind of surprising. I mean, it's ESPN. They love to, you know, but if you look, favor Bama and Ohio State. Today I was looking at Notre Dame's schedule. If they win, like, every game against the ranked opponents on their schedule, they should make the college football playoff if they win these other games, too. Like 100%. They got, they got Ohio State this week, Duke next week, USC the next week. So three ranked teams in the next few weeks. Um, it's going to be fun to see them play this season. But I'm taking, I'm taking the Fighting Irish in this one. I'm taking a close one. I'm going to take 24 to 10 uh, Notre Dame wins. Um, and I say Sam Hartman might have a little bit of trouble early and then gets it going in the second half and Notre Dame's able to pull away. Okay, so I I, I love this matchup. Um, and I, I kind of have a little bit of a personal bias because my family's always loved Notre Dame. That was my mom's dream school uh, growing up. And – you know, this is a Notre Dame Fighting Irish team that I think is the best that we've seen in years. You know, Sam Hartman's the real deal. Also, Audric Estime, their running back, is extremely underrated. 63 carries for 521 yards in four games with five touchdowns. I mean, that is just that is just insane numbers. And I think, you know, uh, for big games, you know, South Bend is one of those stadiums that will pack out. And it definitely will for this game. And also, you talk about a game that decides a team's season. You know, this is a game that will really tell a lot about how these two teams will do for the rest of the season. Because if Notre Dame loses, you know, then you face – it doesn't get any easier. You face Duke. You face USC. I mean, if they lose this game, I see them losing possibly both of those games. But if Ohio State loses, I mean, you still got Penn State, Michigan down the road, you know, at Wisconsin, which I know they're not a great team. But it's a lot of times it's tough to play there, and so I mean this game is huge for both these teams. I think they'll both be locked in, but I gotta go with Notre Dame. I like what they've seen. I like what I've seen from the Fighting Irish, and I haven't been super stoked about what I've seen from the Buckeyes. You know, so I'm gonna go with the Fighting Irish winning on game day. Give me the Irish 34 to 21 at home over the Buckeyes, and yeah, go Irish. All right. This is the first one where I disagree with both of y'all. Okay. I think Ohio State is better than people say they are. Like you said, they beat that Western Kentucky team who's pretty decent, and they beat them by a lot. And this this Ohio State team has a lot of confidence right now, and I'm going to tell you, we've seen Notre Dame choke in big moments, 
Yeah, college true. football playoff, they play Clemson. When they play Clemson, when they play these other big ACC teams, and now they're playing Ohio State this year. And didn't they play last year too? Yes, and Notre yeah. Dame. Notre Dame that was in the earlier earlier in the season where they were still figuring it out, but they only lost by eleven at yeah. Ohio State. And I think that's going to happen again. I got Ohio State by eleven. I got them twenty-eight to seventeen. I think do think this will be a low-scoring game. I like what Sam Hart- Hartman's doing. I just think he's a little overrated because he's played really bad teams. I'm not going to lie. So give me the Ohio State Buckeyes. I love Brutus. You know, little mini Lee Corso. I got to put on the Brutus head real quick. Go Buckeyes. Hey, here, here's what I'll say for that game. I mean, it's really the quarterbacks. When you say quarterback is an X factor for the game, that is literally that game is every sense of that term. Because Ohio State, their quarterback hasn't played great at all. That's the main reason I didn't pick them to win. Kyle McCord has not impressed, while Sam Hartman has. So it really comes down to the quarterbacks in that one. And Marvis Har- Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, he's yeah, he's also X factor. Yep. But no, um, we're gonna get into some NFL now. Um, Thursday night football. I don't really think this is gonna be a good game at all. I just Thursday night football is a prime time. Primetime game. So, um, I'm thinking this this game, 49ers and Giants, 49ers defense is going to. Bro, why are we picking? This? Yeah, why are we? You have three picks. What What are your other two? Um, three. Like, I, I just, I, I'm just asking. Like, I don't. The other don't two, the other two are, um, are. Oh, what the frick? There's no good games this week. I know that's that's what I'm saying. You, you can change you can change it right now. Um, I mean, in, what let, about, no. What about Saints and what about Saints and Packers? And then like, there you Falcons. go. That's a that's a more intriguing game at least. Falcons so. and Lions too. All right. So what what's the first pick? What's the first what's the first game? All right. So Saints Saints at Packers. Um, I like this matchup. Honestly, I don't like the Saints necessarily, but I think the Saints are probably. I, I do think the Saints will win this game. Barely. Mm. Barely, but I say they win this game. I Wait, said, who are we picking? What? Saints at Packers. I thought we were picking the Thursday night game. No. We're, we're not picking. It's not going to be close. It's 49. They're going to whoop the Giants. This game. That game's terrible. Um, yeah. We call it an audible. Yep. So. Um, but, no, I think that the Saints will win this game by seven points. The The line's uh, one and a half, Green Bay. It's at Green Bay. Uh, and the over-under's 43. But I just think that um, I I just see uh, Derek Carr coming in there and pot and winning in Lambeau Field. And uh, Derek Carr to me is not a good quarterback, but I do think that the Packers defense is terrible because we saw that we saw that Sunday with um, the Falcons and Packers game. It was terrible. Yeah, it was. Uh- I mean, obviously, I have some personal bias here because I am a Saints fan. So, but I'm I'm gonna genuinely say, first off, we need to get through because we record these for the viewers at home. We record these Sunday night at eight thirty, so we don't know the outcome of the Saints Panthers game at this point. Hopefully, the Saints won, but um, you know that game first. We need to get through that. So, for all the Saints fans out there, you know, worry about that game first. But with this game coming right off the heels of that game which I do think will beat the Panthers. But I think that we will beat Green Bay in Green Bay. Um, I don't believe completely in Jordan Love. He's looked okay through two games. But I believe that this will be his toughest test. 
that he's faced, you know. And so I think that the Saints will come in. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be like the Titans games or the Titans game where we won 16 to 15. Um, you know, it's not going to be a great, great watch. But the Saints are going to win. Uh, the score is going to be a low scoring game. Give me the Saints uh, 14, 14 to 3. It's actually going to be an insane slugfest. It's not going to be pretty. But the Saints win it on the road. Scrappy, <coughs> scrappy win. Go Saints. Who dat? All right, I'm not just picking against the Saints because I don't like them. I believe in Jordan Love. I, I buy into the Jordan Love. I saw a statistic today when um, the Packers were playing the Falcons that Jordan Love have, has the same stats that Aaron Rodgers had in his first two starts. Mm. And playing in Lambeau is one of the hardest. It's probably the hardest place to play in the NFL. It doesn't matter if it's 12 o'clock. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday night football. Okay. It's one of the hardest places to play. I think Lambeau is going to be packed out. I believe in Jordan Love. Because this is actually the home opener for the Packers. Yeah. I don't know if y'all know, know that, but it's going to be packed out. It's going to be loud. I don't think Derek Carr is the answer for the Saints. I'm going to be honest. I don't think he is. Uh, that's why the Raiders got rid of him and moved on to Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I don't know I don't know why they did that, but, you know, I got the Packers winning. I'm going to say 28 to 17 or 21 to 17. Sorry. Yeah, I think the Packers are 21 to 17. Close game. Close game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I – I have to agree with you. I mean, I just think also, that us- also if Christian Watson is back, I think this. I think the Packers win twenty eight to seventeen. Okay. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, Derek Carr is not the answer for us to like. Obviously, you know, make it far in the playoffs as a Saints fan. But I think we're working with what we got, and you know, that's all. That's all I'll say. What's the next game, Reese? Uh, next game is Falcons at Lions. I like this. Game. A good one. I like this game. Um, I think that. Desmond Ritter played well Sunday, and no, I also think that Jared Goff and really from them um, against Seattle. Uh, I see, I see the Lions winning this one in Detroit. Um, I see them winning this one by like a touchdown, maybe maybe ten points. Uh, yeah, actually, actually, I'm gonna say ten points. The Lions, Detroit, four and a half, and the over under is forty six and a half. Uh, I'm gonna say that the Lions win this one, um, seventeen to seven. Okay, a lot of defense in this one. A lot of. I got you. Um. So yeah. So this is a great game as well. It's a great matchup. You know, the Lions coming off that tough loss against Seattle. A lot of people thought they were gonna win, including me. You know, but uh, no. And I looked at uh, cause I like to look at after like a game's over, especially an upset. Uh, in, like, the IG comments just to see what the fans are thinking, you know, for the team. And they were actually surprisingly really positive for the Lions because, you know, if you're a Lions fan, I'm sure you bought fully in because that's been one of the biggest storylines of the Senefal season, all these Lions fans saying, oh, we're going to finally make the playoffs, we're finally going to make the playoffs, you know. And they're all buying in, especially after that Chiefs win. And this is also their home opener as well. So in Ford Field, and they've been oh, hyping gosh. it up all, all offseason. What? No, it's not. They played the Seahawks today. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm I'm losing my mind. So yes, yeah, so this is their second home game. Never mind. But no, that Seahawks game it was packed out, and this game I think will be packed out too in Ford Field. Um, and I think you know their coach will have them uh playing, running around, flying to the football. And so I like Detroit to give the Falcons their first loss, and I think that Detroit's gonna win this game. Give me them, um, twenty one. 21 to same as uh Taylor's score for the Saints Packers game 21 to 17 
at home. So just under the line, they don't cover, but they do win a tough one in Ford Field. Give me the Lions. Hey, I'm going to be honest. Amon Ross St. Brown and David Montgomery are questionable for this game for the Lions. Oh, they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> I personally went to a Falcons game versus the Panthers. The Falcons are legit this year. I don't think Desmond Ritter is it, like to be fair. But this run game with Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson is it. Bijan Robinson is the answer for this team. Yeah. He can receive, he can right. run, he can do everything. Kyle Pitts, overrated. Don't even get me started. And the receiving core, we saw it today. We saw Drake London have a good game. We yeah. saw they had another guy today for the Falcons that did, actually did really good against the Packers. Yeah, I can't remember what his name was, but he's number 18. Uh, I'm trying to find it real quick. I'm trying to find his name. I think I know who you're talking about. Matt Collins. Kind of... He had a good game for, oh, yeah. for yeah. the Atlanta today. So I think Atlanta goes into Ford Field, and I think they win this game pretty big. I, I wow. honestly think the Falcons are going to win the NFC South. I hate to say that. I'm not a Dirty Birds fan. I don't like the Dirty Birds. They're really mean. Yeah, no, their fans suck. Yeah, their fans are really mean. But I got the Falcons winning this game. Give me 28-24. to 24. I got the Falcons. Mm. All right, what's the last pick of the day? I don't Reese. necessarily like the. I don't like this pick here, but it's Bill. Well, why'd you pick it? It's Bi- <laughs> Taylor. There's like, no <laughs> other games left. Yeah, there's not many games. I actually, no, the I know, Chiefs I, versus I, the Bears. Is, Come on, bro. No, this is no, the best, no. This is probably the best no. one to pick. Yeah. No. All right, the Bills of the Commanders could be a little close. You know yes, what? That's what. That's, that's what, what I'm picking. picking. All right, Reese. Who do you got? Who do you got winning? All right. What's the line and stuff? So this game, Bills at Commanders. The Commanders, yeah, they got away with one today. Um, but no, the Bills line is um, Bills favored six and a half. Uh, Over under is forty five and a half. So obviously they think it's gonna be a low scoring game, which I do too. I say that um, very big defensive battle, and I think that um, that. Buffalo wins this game by like I'm I'm, I'm gonna say a touchdown. I'm gonna say 17 to 10. Bills win. 17 for the Bills. That's low. Yeah. No. I I just think but the Washington defense is for real. Yeah. That's what I'm. I I say that the Washington defense is able to hold them until probably like last few seconds or last few minutes of the game, and then probably probably Josh Allen puts in a game winning drive and wins it in uh in Mar- or in DC and um they should. That would put the Commanders at 2-1 and one and put the Bills at 2-1. and one. And yeah. yeah, I'm taking the Bills. So, the Bills bounced back in a big way today after beating, after losing to the Rogerless Jets, um, to Zach Wilson, really. They lost to Zach Wilson, big surprise. Um, but they beat the Las Vegas Raiders, who I think are terrible this year. Absolutely horrible. I don't think they'll win more than five games. But they did beat them 38-10. to 10. So, you know, big bounce back win. And then the Commanders, you know, they, the like Dolphins you said, they beat the Patriots. Just so I know. What the Dolphins, the Dolphins just, beat, just them. beat the Patriots? That is yeah, so the, bias right there. The Dolphins moving to two and zero this year, a uh, big win for the Dolphins over the Patriots. But um, anyways, the Commanders, like you said, yeah, they they slipped one out. They were able to beat the Broncos, and they barely beat the Cardinals too, who are also very bad this year. So I'm gonna say that the Bills win this one. And but it's gonna be close just because you know it's in it's at Washington and like I think that that's Washington the Bills. None of the fans come in the stadium is poverty. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that the Bills are gonna win this game 
And that Washington defense is for real. At least the defensive line is really good. But Deron Payne and I think the other guy's name is like Josh Sweat or something or Montez Sweat. But, um, no, so I think the Bills win this game. Give me them 20 20 to 13 beating uh, the Commanders on the road. Uh, They get a big one. All right. right, This is the pick that everyone's been waiting for, even though – yeah, this this NFL slate kind of sucks. I, I yeah, it's lie. not great. Yeah. It's like this but, weekend college football. You no, know, I I have personal bias because I have Josh Allen in fantasy football, and he mm. had a, he had a good game today. I can't lie, he had three touchdowns. He had two hundred something passing yards. He had a good game today, and I think I think he continues that against the uh, Commanders. Y'all were talking about the Commanders' defense being legit. Yes, their run defense is legit, but their secondary is absolutely god awful. Yeah, um, they only have Cameron Curl at strong safety. It's the only decent person that I'm seeing on their team right now. Um, I think Josh Allen's gonna have a field day with Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs, of course, James Cook coming out of the backfield as a receiving back, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid as the tight ends. Mm-hmm. I, I I think the Bills win this one big. I, give me the Bills, forty-two to fourteen. I think this will be a big win for the Bills. Wow. Hey, honestly. I'm I'm not completely against it. You know, the Bills they look great today and the Commanders looked all right against the Broncos. They got well, if, that, if that's it for the picks, Reese, is that it for the picks? Yep. That's it. All right. Well, that was episode four of the Tigers Den. We appreciate y'all listening if y'all made it this far. Uh whenever you're listening to this, we have we hope you have a good morning, good afternoon, good night. And we're really lucky to have y'all as listeners. And we'll see you next week for episode five. Yes. See y'all. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central. Also be sure to check out our other podcast, Play Callers, where we interview a coach from Auburn High School football. Be sure to check out those episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central on all platforms.